Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you too can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hi there, and welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. This week, I'm joined by Dr. Aziz Ghazipura, who is a doctor of psychology that helps people feel more confident, face their fears, and just get more out of life. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation because not only do we talk about how he made the transition from an academic career path to launching his own online business and establishing himself as an expert, learning all the marketing and everything it requires to build a successful business, but we also really dig into uh, what he's learned about facing your fears and really taking action and putting yourself out there, facing your fear of rejection especially. And that's huge for entrepreneurs. So if you're feeling the fear of trying to do your own thing and wanting to make more out of your life and really uh, go after your dreams, this is going to be a great episode for you to listen to. So I hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Aziz. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Bo. I am definitely excited to to be here and excited to uh, see what we dive into today. Great. Great. Well, first, uh, I'll ask the question I ask everybody, which is, what do you get paid for? So I get paid to uh, help people become more confident in in themselves, in their lives, in their businesses, uh, their personal lives, their relationships. Great. And, you know, what kind of um, people do you like to work with or do you feel like you can that you can help the most in that sort of thing? Is it people who are really shy or do you work with you know, anybody who's just looking to kind of up their game on, on the confidence side of things or what's your sort of specialty there? Sure. I mean, so there's a difference between, you know, what I, what I can do and then what I love to do. I I really, um, believe that I can help anyone along the spectrum. Uh, I started out my work doing, you know, clinical psychology and was helping people that were really, really limited by shyness and social anxiety in their lives. And I could, I could do that. We can, because it's a, it's a similar process whether someone's you know down sort of really stuck or people who are maybe don't even consider themselves particularly shy they think oh I can talk to people but um, there's sort of the next level that they want to get to in their lives and they they want to grow their sales or grow their businesses or do more public speaking um, or be more bold when it comes to dating and relationships and so those are the people that I um, can also help, but really love to help is kind of people wanting to get to the the next level, and they know that 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 inner game, that confidence, is the the most important piece of the puzzle. Gotcha. And how did you decide when you were going through your your training in psychology and your schooling? Um, how did you decide that this was an area that you wanted to to specialize in? Was it did it come about naturally, or did it kind of come up all of a sudden while you were already studying psychology? Uh, Bo, it came from pain and desperation, <laughs> um, as all as all great things do. Uh, no, uh-huh. it came from per- personal personal need. Uh, I mean, I was really limited in a lot of ways due to social fear, fear of judgment, uh, kind of a a weaker sense of self esteem, a lot of self criticism. So while I I could take action and you know go to graduate school and stuff, 
I was um, pretty insecure in a lot of ways, and this affected my uh, dating and relationships. I felt very limited. Uh, I couldn't speak with with women that I was attracted to. Uh, pursuit of kind of um, career things that sounded more exciting to me, like public speaking and all this stuff. There was um, limitations that I that I had, and so out of that necessity, out of that need, I, I started to really look at my own confidence and just immersed myself. Um, actually, the journey in that started even before graduate school and the end of my college years. Um, and so I just continued it for, so it's been 12 years now, um, but just continually seeking out how to develop confidence in myself. And then I you know, became very interested in, in helping others do the same. Yeah. At what point did you decide um, to take it from just something that you were learning for your own benefit and, and decide that you really wanted to go out and help other people with that? And, and kind of how did you start that process? Were you Did you immediately start doing a blog or uh, were there mm. other steps that, that you took first? Yeah, I, I think um, so. I you know was trained as a sort of general uh, general practitioner in psychology, you know, do talk therapy with people. And I was working with Everyone and wherever I was training at, whether it was a VA, a Veterans Affairs building, or a college campus, I just kind of work with who, whoever came in the door. Um, but then when I when I finished the training, I, I was going to set up. You know, I was like, okay, now I'm I'm officially seal of approval by the state to go help people. But you know, one of my heroes was uh, was and still is Tony Robbins, and you know, he doesn't need a stamp of approval. And I kind of knew all along that we don't need a stamp of approval to, to help people. And so I was really excited about how can I reach a lot of people and how can I help a lot of people with this. So uh, as soon as I finished my training, the first thing I did um, is start finding ways to teach uh, how the, teach the people that I wanted to help. And I, I, I love, uh, um, it was Frank Kern said, like the, the best way to become an authority on a subject is to teach it and teach it all the time. So I just started putting out material and blogs um, started recording videos, which I sucked at at first, um, <laughs> and uh, and just really, you know, I was like, okay, this is the way to do it. And um, so, yeah, I started that as as soon as I, um, you know, created my own practice and my own business. Yeah, that's great. Um, when when did you start that, and kind of how long did it take you before you really started seeing some traction there, like growing, you know, getting an audience or make getting people to to actually pay for this stuff. Yeah, so I'm sort of an interesting mixture hybrid case because I got out of my training, you know, the, from start to finish the training to get a you know, doctorate in clinical psychology, when you include like the internship and the postdoc and the licensing is like six years. So I, I did all that and then I got out and I was like, well, I have some student loans and, you know, I, uh, this other business, I, that might take, that's my passion, that's what I'm here to do and I need to, um, pay bills and take care of myself. And so I started at the same time I was building up a local uh, therapy private practice where I was wanting to also specialize. That's where I started working with people with more severe shyness and social anxiety. But I was also working with everyone on everything just because I wanted the experience and I wanted to um, kind of uh, support myself. And I always in my mind had the vision of what I call the crossfade, which is like, okay, I'm doing this thing that's making money, but I'm building this other thing, which is my real passion that doesn't make money yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I started both of those in, uh, fall of 2011. So three and a half years ago. 
Um, and in 2014 is when the crossfade really took effect. So I'd say it was probably about uh, two years of building it without much return on that business. But it was um, I was doing it part time because you know I had to build up this uh, local therapy practice and and do all that work too. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, you say there wasn't much return, but I'm sure you were laying the groundwork and you know, establishing your authority and figuring out what people wanted and you know what was going to really be of interest and really be able to help that audience during that time yeah i mean i had i had a lot of learning to do it's funny after going to school for freaking a million years i still had a lot of learning to do Mm -hmm. because i remember i was working with a business coach and she's like and i thought i was like you know really uh, i was writing this free um ebook to give away to people on my website and and i thought i was really you know, making it simple and easy to understand. She read it. And she's like, this is like reading like an academic text. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was offended. I was like, come on, really? Like, no, this was really, and I got it. I was like, simpler, more direct, more conversational. People don't want to be impressed by your, you know, and I just been sort of, um, you know, uh, indoctrinated a bit by being in academia for so long. So, so I, um, so I had to relearn all that. I had to learn about marketing and, um, how to write marketing copy, which is I've been immersing myself in for a couple of years now, uh, how to create products and services that people actually really want and to sell them what they want and to deliver what they want rather than what I think is really, you know, the best thing for them. Right. right <laughs> and, sure. you know, and kind of insert, insert the, uh, um, the additional stuff, you know, that, that's going to help them in, in as well as what, what they need. So, yeah, I had a lot of learning to do as well as growing that reach. You know, I was just putting out lots of blogs and videos and doing everything organically, um, traffic wise. So it took a little, um, time, but yeah, a lot of learning. Yeah. Well, it's funny what you, you know, we're saying about having to figure out what people want and how you can give them what they need. Cause there is that famous kind of famous in the marketing world saying of sell them what they want and give them what they need. <laughs> and I think mm. That's the thing a lot of people miss is they try to sell people what they need um, and but put it in a way that people don't want and and that really yeah. limits their success. Sure. Yeah. No, that's funny. Um, so, you know, you were saying that you needed to learn all this stuff about marketing and you referenced Frank Kern and several other people. Um, how did you sort of get into learning about the marketing side of things? Was that something that you were already interested in or did you have to sort of dive into that world once you figured out that you wanted to get out there and be uh, teaching this stuff and helping these people? Yeah, both, I think. I mean, I was always fascinated. I remember uh, when I was in college, uh, I was a computer science major, and about two and a half years into that, I was sitting with a good friend, and we were programming at like two in the morning, and I had this flash moment of, oh my God, this is going to be my life. I can't do this. So I um, I told him, I said, I'm going to change majors. And he said, and Z's like, what are you, what are you going to do? You, you can't leave. <laughs> and so I kind of had this free fall experience where I just, I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, um, but anyway, I went to a psychology class and it was really fascinating. And in there, they had a list of all the things you could do as a psychologist or with a psychology degree. And one of them was marketing psychology. Hmm. And, and they referenced like all these, you know, uh, uh, sort of marketers of the, of days gone by, like, I think his name was Watson, the guy who came up with the, um, the impulse uh, 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 aisle 
buy mm-hmm. thing in stores and, and like sure. to, and to put the, um, the stuff at children's heights. So they would compel their parents to, you know, <laughs> so it was like, uh, influence and psychology. I found it fascinating. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but then I didn't have the confidence. I, I, um, I just saw a business world and I have to work in a marketing. I don't know. So I, I kind of put that on hold and, and then I had this other draw to help people. So I, I pursued this other thing. So it was kind of cool because like my two passions sort of merged and then, um, it's just been a self-study over the last, um, three years, three and a half years, uh, where I just, you know, yeah, study everything. Um, great teachers are, uh, you know, that probably you and many people listening might know is Evan Pagan is just phenomenal in his distillation of, uh, teachings for marketing among business stuff too. Frank Kern is great. Um, and I, I picked up stuff from a lot of people as well. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, well, a really you know, classic one uh, I can think of that sort of bridges that world too is Robert Cialdini. Um, oh who, yeah, who wrote the book Influence, and I mean, it, it's that book is was a huge inf- influence on me. Uh, no pun mm. intended, but uh, I just loved that it. it. It was kind of the first book I read that really bridged that gap between psychology and you know why people buy, like what deeply motivates people to buy things and take action. So yeah, yeah, that was a fascinating book. Well, that's really cool. Um, so once you kind of got back into doing the marketing stuff and we're building your audience, was there anything that you did that, that really accelerated your business or that, that helped start growing your audience? Like whether it was videos or blogging or anything like that, that really clicked for you, um, and, and started, really helping get the word out there. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing that got the most traction was actually YouTube for me. Um, I do a lot of teaching through video and I, as I got better at it and put more and more out there, it just started to grow more quickly. And so that would, people would check out the videos. They'd, they'd benefit from watching them. They're all free. And then they could go to my website and, you know, get the, a free download or continue to learn and engage and, you know, YouTube is just massive in its reach and, you know, it's part of the Google behemoth. So, um, it's a, it's a phenomenal way to, to reach people and to, and to help them. So that one took off the most. I have other things that I did. Uh, I'm doing a, I do a podcast as well and that has a pretty good reach, but, um, nothing compares to just the, how, how far YouTube can reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, what's the name of your your YouTube channel and your podcast? In case anybody wants to check those out. Sure, the YouTube channel is called Get More Confidence. So you just you know search for Get More Confidence, and there there should be a bunch of videos that come up. And the podcast is called Shrink for the Shy Guy. <laughs> That's great. So if you look that one up <laughs> on uh, iTunes or whatever, it should come. You can also go to shrinkfortheshyguy.com and and then subscribe there. And yeah, but those are weekly episodes and those are great, man. I love the podcast because I can interview really interesting authors and people that I respect. And, you know, when you tell people that you have a a podcast, I'm surprised at how open many really um, well-known and respectable authors and teachers are happy to share. So yeah, absolutely. Um, So when you started building up your traffic and building your site, um, how long was it or what was your process for really starting to be able to monetize that kind of stuff? Did you have offers available right away or did you work on building the audience first and then start adding in um, you know, paid products or speaking or whatever it might be uh, later on once you kind of already had the traffic? 
I know I, I had something kind of from the beginning, uh, you know, which was um, the service of, of coaching with people. Mm-hmm. And I also pretty early on uh, wrote a book and I also created a, my first video training product as well. So I had things, uh, just there was not that many people finding them or going to them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but then eventually, yeah. So, uh, then it was a a mixture of, um, reaching more people, creating more products, um, and having more services and better services in terms of coaching and groups and other things to offer people. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of, of both. And I'd say, um, you know, if, if I started things in 2011, it was really towards the end. So say 2012, there was probably not much. And then 2013, some starting to come in. And 2014, it was just really took off to the point where I um, sort of scaled back and stopped doing the therapy practice and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, what, what would you say or what would kind of be the mix in terms of um, – you know, your different offerings and, and how, not how well they sell in terms of dollars or anything like that, but do you primarily, um, run your business from your, your online offerings or do you do a lot of one-on-one coaching or paid speaking or that kind of thing? Sure. That's a great question. Uh, so I I like to think of it as pillars, right? There's the coaching pillar, there's the, uh, products pillar, Mm -hmm. um, I swear there's another pillar in there, but I can't remember it at this moment. <laughs> so those two are obviously the, the most important ones. But um, yeah, so I'd say right now um, my business is primarily supported on the on the coaching pillar, um, and and more so slowly more and more with with the product uh, side of things. Um, uh, my my goal is to have it be more of a mixture because. Um, I, I love the creation of stuff. I love I love the the one on one and group work, um, which is all actually distance now for the most part. I, I have very few local clients here in Portland, Oregon, where I live, mm-hmm. so that's sort of uh, limitless in terms of space and distance. So, um, but but I would like to do more of the products, and that's kind of what I'm building right now is how to reach more people, and um, and it's cool because products are more accessible than coaching. I mean, coaching is. Uh, a big investment and in time in terms of time, money and energy and motivation. And, um, the a product is a great way for someone to get a lot of benefit quickly and not, you know, without having to invest six months of their time and thousands of dollars, they can just kind of, um, get a boost for wherever they are right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'm sure, you know, on the coaching side of things as well, um, people get, you know, a lot of benefit from that since uh, my experience with, with products and, and when I used to work at ClickBank and, you know, people were selling products there, um, a lot of people buy products and then don't actually use them. So yes, <laughs> the coaching can be a great way to get people to actually take action and, and make totally. those changes you want them to make. I am, I am guilty of that. Um, that and, and, or buying the product and like watching the first two, you know, modules and then, you know, so I definitely am that. I think it's just human, you know, to do that. And and you're right. I I think, you know, in terms of uh, life changing results, nothing can compare to coaching. I think it's the most, it's just, it's incredibly powerful for, for change for a variety of reasons. But one of them is that ongoing focus on it. It's like, Hey, let's keep looking at this area of your life, which when it's just on our own, 
um, man, we can, we can find a million and one reasons why we'll put it off or do it later or talk ourselves out of it and mm-hmm. so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have a, a really solid, um, you know, what I would call funnel for getting people to actually take action once they've consumed your, your free content. So whether it's your videos or your blog posts or uh, that kind of thing, could you break down for us what that funnel looks like? You mentioned you have a free book and that sort of thing, but um, if someone, say, watches one of your videos on YouTube, uh, where do you send them after that and, and kind of how do you go through that process of trying to get them to buy your product or become a, a coaching client? Sure. So, um, what I love about it is it's, it's, uh, and what I learned from, uh, Brendan Bouchard and Frank Kern and other people is you just, uh, offer people a lot of stuff and help them. And then if they invite them, if they want to go deeper and further their learning, uh, to do that. So it's sort of like, you know, they get to sample it and try it out in their life. And if it provides them benefit and they're ready, they can take the leap. So the way I do that is, um, I have, a, uh, they go to the website, and if they want to, um, they can download a free ebook called Five Steps to Unleash Your Inner Confidence. And I like the idea of over delivering. So it's like a really power. I mean, it's like if someone took that ebook and just did what it said in there, <laughs> they might not even need to go further, right? But right, that's, right. that's, of course, that's the biggest challenge. But anyway, so it's, you know, I, I love the idea of free stuff and really good free stuff. Um, for several reasons. One is you help people and it just feels good to do that way. Secondly, if a person reads that and they're like, whoa, this is the free stuff, I bet the, the paid stuff is even more awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it you know hopefully would be <laughs> if we're, if we're uh, following up on delivery. So then um, I also have, um, uh, so they can get into sort of the main list that way or uh, each product has its own little mini uh, pipeline where you know, so there's a there's a uh, an ebook or training that's specific to that topic. So, um, say one of my products is um, the Confidence Code, which is all about um, building your self esteem and social skills, so you can become really skilled in, um, in any any social arena, particularly in business, you know, for for meetings, networking, but also your personal life. So there's a, there's a free ebook they can get. That's specifically about that. That teaches them all about self-esteem and social skills. So there's, you know, um, so there's several different um, channels that enter someone into the list. And then, no, no matter where they are, um, the, the the approach is the same, which is offer teaching, uh, usually in the form of video, just because I like to do that the most, and I think it's the most engaging for a lot of people. So it's videos where I share the uh, valuable information, and then um, then there's opportunities along the way to go deeper with a particular product that I just tell them about the product, tell them what's in it. And, um, then there's an opportunity to buy it. Yeah, that's great. That, uh, I, I love that you have multiple different entry points into that funnel because, um, I think a lot of people do the thing where they just kind of put out one option for, uh, for a free giveaway or to get people interested. And then you may lose a lot of people who that's not their, need or desire right at this moment. Um, so I think mm. having those really targeted lead magnets that get people into your, your sales funnel is definitely a great way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage that? Do you use a certain tool or, um, yeah, so I was using Aweber, um, and now I'm in the process of switching over to Infusionsoft. And, um, I, I just, the reason was I was trying to do 
um, exactly what you said there. It's like if you don't offer, if you don't find out what the person really needs and try to help them with that solution, um, then they're not going to stay around because you're not helping them. So if someone is coming to me and they're really looking for help with public speaking and, and stepping up in their meetings at work and that sort of thing, and they're getting a bunch of stuff from me about dating confidence mm-hmm. and they're married, they're just going to be like, Bleh, I don't need this, right? So so I love this idea of dynamic response marketing, which I learned from Frank Kern, whereas you kind of see what they click. And if they don't click your video on dating, you don't, you know, you don't keep pummeling them with dating stuff, right? right? They're not. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Infusionsoft, you know, I was trying to do that with Aweber and all these add-ons like AW Pro Tools. And, and I just, I eventually just switched over to um, Infusionsoft, which I'm currently in the process of uh, doing that, which is a bit of a bit of a beast. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason it's a beast is because I'm not just cookie cutter, you know, I'm actually kind of re- tweaking and building it better in Infusionsoft. But I, I, thus far, my experience with Infusionsoft is it's amazing. Uh, in, it integrates perfectly with something called Customer Hub, which is um, membership sites. So uh, it's all it's all under one roof. So someone clicks to buy something, then they get put in the membership site, and it's all linked, and you can see what's happening. And um, so far, uh, about couple, two months in, I'm I'm really impressed. And their customer support is awesome. You can call them, and someone like will pick up the phone and walk you through whatever you need help with. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely have. Uh used Infusionsoft and seen it before and I think the uh the only you know big drawback is you almost can't get everything out of it that <laughs> that it offers. It's almost too much stuff for, for a lot of people, but I think uh once you really dig into it like you're doing, you can get some amazing power out of it and being able to really get people exactly the info they want and sell them the products they want and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's great that you're working through that. I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit um, to talk about some of the stuff that you've discovered in in working with people and in your own personal transformation as well around how to get more confidence because I think that's something that that we could all use and I know especially as aspiring or um, you know current entrepreneurs I know I go through a lot of <laughs> moments of self doubt or social anxiety or that sort of thing so. Um, what are some tips that, that you've developed, um, for how we can have more confidence in something like entrepreneurship where there's a lot of uncertainty or fear of, of failure or rejection? Mm, that's a great question. And it's my, my, one of my favorite topics. Uh, I was just in a, in a, a mastermind meeting the other day and one of the guys was saying, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. And I like that. And he was also talking about in maybe it was in the four hour work week or something else. Tim Ferriss has this like um, courage challenge. Like he encourages you to go lay down in the middle of the floor in a coffee shop and just kind of, <laughs> you know, lounge back. And, you know, everyone's going to look at you and be like, what's going on with this guy? And he's like, if you can't do that, if you're not willing to do that, then maybe you want to pause for a second and question about going out and doing the entrepreneur thing because you you know you're gonna have to face your fears and you're gonna have to do something that's a little unusual and and so I love that because what what he's describing there is what I call embarrassment inoculation where you purposely do something a little unusual and get the you know notice of others but it it doesn't kill you and you get stronger for it mm-hmm. and uh, so that's funny because I was like well that's actually what right. I help people learn how to do is to step into that that courage so uh, it takes a lot of courage, and it just it's just helpful to acknowledge that. It's like, yeah, this road, you know, you're 
you're you're unhitching from the battleships out there and the galleons and these you know huge corporations and companies where there's the safety and like I'm part of this and you kind of unhinge and you're like on your own little boat and the cool thing is you can go wherever you want mm-hmm. uh scary thing is you can go wherever you want <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and oh my god I'm not attached to the your galleon what about the big waves so um just a first step is I think just really acknowledging that and and commending people um listening that that are doing it and are considering doing it even is is an act of courage i think and I, I think the the crux of it is exactly what you said there which is fear of rejection and failure and those are like the, the two biggest uh demons that we must face in order you know in life really whether mm-hmm. it's for dating and relationships or business or income or uh, uh pursuing a career that's satisfying to you not just something that you know that you can, you can get by with and so I think we really have to look that stuff square in the eye and be willing to face those things um, because confidence comes from being willing to face it directly and experience it and to know that you're going to get stronger from that. Um, and I have a bunch of different ideas and we could dive deeper into that. I just want to check with you to see if you have a specific question or you want me to keep going on like fear of rejection and yeah, yeah. I think that's a great topic. I, I would personally love to hear about that. And I think a lot sure. of people would, cause I think that fear of rejection keeps so many people from ever taking the first step or, or really even making the effort to really get the word out there. Like they might start a blog, but then not tell anybody about it or yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So, and, and some people, you know, they, they do something, but end up self-sabotaging um, yeah. because what they're really afraid of is that they'll share it with their friends and their friends won't like it or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or so, as the old Adam Sandler skit goes, they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, exactly. They're all going <laughs> to laugh at you. So absolutely. <laughs> totally. And this is great because I'm actually currently working on my uh, second full length book and, um, there's a whole section in there about, uh, rejection. And, um, so a concept I like to think of as rejection proof which means something different than you might think it means. You might think rejection proof means I never get rejected, but that's actually uh, totally unrealistic. And the only way to not get rejected is to not in any way ever put yourself out there. Right. So that's not an option, especially mm-hmm. as an as a entrepreneur or business owner. So um, I think the best thing to do is to become, to be able to respond to rejection in a different way. And uh, because I've just been working on this, I have a bunch of stuff queued up in my brain. So several distinctions that can be really helpful. One is this idea versus um, internal. In fact, my answer to your question, Bo, is going to be kind of on three levels. One's going to be intellectual, one's going to be emotional, and one's going to be like tapping into the human spirit. Um, so the intellectual one, for, for those of us who like to live in our brains, is this idea of internal versus external rejection. And uh, the vast majority of the pain around rejection and then the fear of it, because what we're scared of is the, how it feels. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's gonna feel, I'm going to feel terrible. And, and so the vast majority of that pain is actually um, not due to the external rejection. It's due to the internal rejection. So external is what actually happened. You know, you say, hey, do you want to um, – do you want to buy my product? And someone says, no. Do you want to work with me? Someone says, no. Do you want to go out with me? Someone says, no. Uh, do you, do you, did you like my blog? No. You know, like, that's the external rejection. 
And in nine times out of 10, or maybe even more, 99 times out of 100, it's pretty mild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty like, no thanks, eh, or no response, or whatever. And, and the, the lion's share of the damage is coming from this internal rejection, which was, was what we say to ourselves, stuff like, oh my God, this is terrible, I'm a fraud, I'm a loser, I'm never going to get this, everyone thinks I'm ridiculous, I can't, ah, and that's where all the suffering comes from. So if we can make that distinction and say, wait a minute, this is nothing to do with the outside, this is just me and me, then it gives us a lot of power to, to work with it. And it gets into the realm of, you know, okay, I have to relate to my rejections and failures differently. Um, And that brings us to, well, there's a whole thing I teach in one of my products about that called optimal self-coaching where you change the way you talk to yourself. But let's just dive into how to do it. One way to do that now, and this gets into the more of the emotional realm, is, um, you know, sometimes we can try to talk ourselves out of it and say, hey, that was pretty good or you know, I don't know, <laughs> million ways we try to do it. And it, it usually doesn't work that well. We just feel bad. We feel bad in our guts and in our heart and it's squeezing. And, and so I think the best way to deal with it is actually to just face the feelings directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way out is through is the phrase that I love. So it's literally just like slowing down and breathing and getting out of our heads for a minute and just feeling that place right in your chest where you're like, and it hurts and it squeezes and it feels hollow and you just breathe and stay with it for three minutes, four minutes. Um, go, you know, when your mind picks up with the stories about how bad you are and how nothing's going to work, you just say, okay, uh, let my mind do its thing and go right back with your attention right there into your chest or your stomach and just breathe. And this is a powerful process that helps you, um, if you stick with it for even just five minutes, sometimes longer if it's a big rejection and there's a lot of history there, but relatively short amount of time and you'll start to feel more peace, especially um, a key factor is to like notice uh, what you're experiencing with compassion and love and not, you know, judge yourself for it and try not to resist the feeling. And what you're doing there is you're facing the demon head on. Because, you know, um, a teacher of mine, Christian Mickelson, says all, all our fears are fears of feelings. And I really believe that. So when you can kind of face that feeling and feel it, you can move through it. And um, I've done this a, a, million, a million times, and there's sort of this warmth that starts to – we start to feel in our core around it. And it's a really beautiful process. And it's not something we can uh, flick a switch and do with our brains. It's a very uh, body, emotional-centered thing. Yeah, I love that um, that idea and that that kind of practice because um, I feel like there's a lot of power to accepting those kind of feelings and saying, you know, not trying to minimize them or think them away through uh, the power of positive thinking. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of there are a lot of people who you know say never think any negative thoughts. You should only think positive and. And, you know, for one thing, I think it's unrealistic and, and impossible, but I, I think in some ways too, it really prevents you from learning anything or from really mm-hmm. coming to an understanding that there are going to be tough times, but that you can uh, use those to help fuel the good times as well and to help figure out, you know, what um, what you should face up to and, and what what's not true, you know, so I think... Mm-hmm. Um, 
that idea of feeling those those feelings completely and really bringing your awareness there rather than trying to ignore them or push them down or procrastinate or whatever it might be um that there's a ton of power there so yeah that's absolutely absolutely i mean yeah yeah i totally agree with what you're saying that 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 the the procrastination or the trying to get away from it actually just um keeps us scared of it and trying to uh, craftily avoid it mm-hmm. in the future. And I think the best thing is just plunge right into it. And then I found is if we kind of intellectually, you know, get to see like, Hey, this is not an, an external rejection. This is internal rejection. Let me work on my own self acceptance, my own self love, my own self compassion. And then you do this emotional kind of technique of being with the feeling. Then it can unlock something, which I'm a, I'm really excited about these days. Um, which I got from, Oh, what's his name? Um, Nassim Taleb, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book Anti-Fragile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that concept where it's like, not only can I just get through this rejection or failure and it, you know, it's like, okay, I, if I'm resilient, I can, if I'm fragile, I'll just break and give up. But if I'm resilient, I can say, okay, you know, pick myself back up for this week and try again and, and recover. But then I love this idea of of anti-fragile where it's like that rejection, that failure actually just uh, excels you. It makes you stronger and better. And so you go further as opposed to just bouncing back. And I I love this image um, that I was writing about in the new book where it's like, you can imagine the rejection is like this, you know, they say no, and then you feel this heaviness and it's like this black, uh, oily, thick tar like substance that kind of is in your chest and pulling you down. But if it's like oil, you can imagine it's also highly combustible. <laughs> and so you can burn it and it's like this rocket fuel and, and you can just have that orientation to life, which is like I thrive on uncertainty and chaos. Like rejection feeds me and it fuels me and you can kind of tap into this like powerful determination. Um, and uh, there's a line from an Eminem song, which I love, which is that there's nothing you can do to me. Stab me, shoot me. And I just love that idea of like you're anything they hit you with, you get stronger and more powerful from it. And I think that's more from the realm of, of uh, human spirit that we can tap into. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think it's so true. And, you know, I think a thing that holds so many people back from really going all in on what they want to do or, or take, even taking the first step is um, it feels like if something doesn't work out that it's, there's this sense of finality to it. Like, Oh, well, if my, if my quote business fails, then, you know, what am I going to do? I'll be ruined. And it's like, for one thing, it's not like that's the only business you can ever start in your life. And, or that it fails completely to the point where you can't learn anything from it or Hmm. spin it off into something else. I mean, I was having a great conversation the other day with a, a friend of mine who, has built a, or he built a, like a seven figure business, um, in, in the information product world. And he told me that was my 13th business I started (laughs) and he's in his thirties. So he's not an old, you know, an older guy by any means. Um, but he's like, you know, I started 12 other businesses before this and this was the only one that really took off and grew into this huge thing, but he had learned something from all those earlier businesses and, you know, finally was able to hit it out of the park on his 13th try. <laughs> yeah, lucky 13. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a, a fantastic concept. And, um, 
it totally resonates with me that you can use that that rejection or those negative feelings as fuel for um for your next effort and from you know just making your next thing bigger and better than the last one mm. yeah there's a lot of power there um well, before we uh, close up in a little bit, I wanted to ask you a few more questions, kind of my lightning round style questions, um, just based on your business and what you've learned since you've been in this for so long. Um, are there any specific tools or services that have really worked for you um, or even books or other gurus that you would recommend to people? You've mentioned a few that, um, that you really like, but anything else that you would recommend to people? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's the ones I, I mentioned before. I think in terms of tools, I like Infusionsoft. I think Lead Pages is great. If people aren't familiar with that, it's an easy way to create uh, opt-in pages and and sales pages and stuff from templates that look really nice. Um. I also am uh, started just started recently working with a company called EA help, which they help you find, uh, an amazing assistant, executive hmm. assistant to help you with stuff. Okay. And they find the person, they match you, they have you take personality tests to see that it's a good fit. And, uh, I just started about, um, uh, less than a month ago with them and I am exceedingly pleased with the person they have me matched with. She is amazing and proactive. And so that's going to really help me accelerate things. So if people are listening or at that stage where, you know, that's where I was getting to. Like, there's this bottleneck where if you're doing everything, and I was doing everything, um, you just can't you can't grow because you're responding to emails, and then you're editing the videos, and then you're doing that. And it's um, so I'm really into outsourcing. Uh, another great tool for that is Odesk, <laughs> which is a way you know, sort of like um, Elance. I think is another one. I think they might have even merged recently. But um, yeah, so Odesk is a great way. I'm I'm in the process of finding video editors through there. I'm kind of doing a little trial. Tried a guy in Romania. He was great, but really slow. Tried a guy in Pakistan. He was fast, but not very good. <laughs> and uh, now I'm now I'm looking for some uh, in touch with this guy from the Philippines, and he seems pretty awesome. So it's a great tool for uh, for for outsourcing. Very cool. Um, so a friend of mine says that every person has a, a unique, what he calls unfair advantage that helps them stand out and be successful in their business. What would you say your unfair advantage is? Hmm. I think mine is that I'm ridiculously really, really good looking. And so, <laughs> no, that is um, so unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair. Uh, no, I think um, it's uh, video for me. Well, yeah, it's video. So a couple of things. I have the tech, you know, because of my computer science and interest in that stuff. I, I'm not scared of like learning how to use the editing for it, which was helped me produce a lot of the stuff. But actual on camera um, speaking, uh, I just comes real. I just get it. Um, I I didn't I didn't always get it. I, I I learned it, but then there was something that got unlocked there. So speaking in general, I think I uh, and I studied a lot of speakers. And, um, it's the kind of thing where I think anyone can learn it. Um, it's about being animated and alive and expressive and authentic and, and free. And so anyone can do it, but I, I just have learned that. And, um, actually one of the future products that's planned is called, uh, video charisma, how to be extremely confident on camera. So, cause I think that's so important for business owners and entrepreneurs. So I think that's my unfair advantage. 
Yeah. Oh man. I, I think that video charisma product is a fantastic idea because uh, I see a lot of people where, uh, they, they do video and they like doing video, but they don't, um, you know, they don't have that charismatic thing going on like a, a Brendan Burchard. I mean, I think of him on video and he's just fantastic to watch on video. He's so animated and charismatic. So I think that could help a lot of people for sure. Um, very cool. So, um, for our last thing, I wanted to ask you where people can find out more about you and, and find out what you're working on. Sure. Yeah. The best place to just go to the main website, which is socialconfidencecenter.com. Um, you can just Google the term social confidence too. And that's a great way you can find out, but you know, you get to link to the YouTube channel from there, but, um, also, uh, ebook as well. And uh, learn about the products that I have and coaching and other things. So, that's the best place. Everything you want to find out, you can find there. Very cool. And I'll, I'll be sure to link that up as well as a uh, link to your YouTube channel and books and all that stuff in the show notes of the episode. So that's great. Cool. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. This has been awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed learning more about your business as well as all the, the great tips you gave for overcoming fear because I think that's something that so many of us are facing on a, a daily basis, even people who have established businesses so yeah oh man <laughs> you're you're most welcome Bo and and just one last thing about that is like um I just don't think it ever stops I, I think we just reach higher quality problems and uh you know you're uh, the idea that I'll get more money and my business will be bigger and then everything will be fine is uh you know it's sort of an illusion that we all want to figure out for you know we all know it's not true, but then we want to find that out for ourselves. So right. <laughs> I think that there's this, um, yeah, it's just higher quality problems. And, you know, then you get into having to hire people and manage. And, um, and I, I just um, want to encourage anyone listening uh, to, if you haven't started your thing yet, if you're kind of in a job and you're like, I don't know this thing, but I don't know. Um, and I'm sure this is probably something you encourage both, but just like, just take some action, do something, mm -hmm. um, on the side, because, uh, even if you get a little less free time or whatever, it will feed your soul and there's something that you're here to do. And if you're not satisfied in your job, then that's a sign that your inner calling, uh, is, is pulling you towards something. And I think we all have a purpose here and, and whatever you're drawn to is, is a signal of that. So I really just encourage people to, to take the leap and, and your, um, you'll set yourself free by doing that. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think too, to go back to, you know, very early in the interview, this idea of the, the crossfade that you talked about, I think that's a fantastic way to do it. And a good way to overcome that fear of rejection is don't, you know, don't just quit your job and start trying to pursue your dream with no safety net, start building it up on the side and feeling, you know, getting those small wins under your belt of getting your first subscriber to your email list or, you know, getting your first positive review on iTunes or whatever it might be, but, you know, mitigate that fear and that risk by just taking action and doing things now while you still have that safety net of a job, but with the goal and with a good plan in place for doing that crossfade and moving into your new thing. Absolutely. Listen to listen to that man. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Aziz. It's been great talking to you, and I really appreciate everything you shared. Absolutely. Thanks again. Hey, Bo here. I wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it, or if you have an idea for how I could make it even better, 
It would really mean a lot to me if you could leave a review at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps to get the word out about the show, introduces new audience to it to make it even better, and is your way of telling me how I can make it the best show possible for you. Also, if you'd like to get all of the updates that I have on the blog, on podcast episodes, and get a copy of my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is a real simple one-page document with some questions you can answer to get really clear on your business, how to get it going, and how to make it even better, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe, and you can sign up there. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.